Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Wow. Can we just give Jesus another shout for even just worship already? Jesus, we love you. God, we honor you. God, we're privileged to be in your presence. We're privileged to be in this place. God, we thank you for your kingdom and your nearness that's here in Jesus' name. Um, I wanted to ask a friend of mine, Jen Miskov, to come up. Jen's a a missionary to America and the nations. She's an incredible mother. She's a pillar of faith. Um, Actually, like Tiffany, you were in her youth group, right? Wasn't she your youth mentor? Like, that's pretty radical, isn't it? You guys are like the same age, so I don't know how that works, but you you were there leading. Somewhere in there, somewhere about. Come on up here. I wanted, I wanted Jen to share some testimonies. Do you guys, how many of you guys know Jen? You guys know Jen? Jen is an author. How many books have you written? Like seven books? Eight books? She co-authored, you guys know that book, um, what is it called, the, the, with Pastor, Defining Moments with Pastor Bill Johnson? Do you guys know that book? It's all about like people's encounters with God. She co-authored that book with Pastor Bill. She is radical. I was at her ordination and it was a very drunk in the Holy Ghost event, like Heidi's laying hands on her and everybody's getting rocked and stuff. It's amazing. But I just want to share some testimonies and impart faith to you guys. Like how many of you guys are just hungry for the more of God? Amen? So I just, I just want to share some testimonies. So I'm going to hang on over here. Just tell us whatever you want to tell us. Go for it. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's really an honor to be here. Um, and I do want to just say you guys are uh, gifted with a, an incredible leadership team. I did have the honor to disciple Tiffany two decades ago. And to see someone as a youth group person that gave her yes and two decades later is still burning for the Lord is incredible. So I'm just so proud of you. Yeah, you can give her a hand because that is amazing. And um, having the a little bit overlap, but just, I hope you guys realize in your midst who you have in Chris Kildosher. I study revivalists. I study revivals. He is a living revivalist and a man of faith. And, you know, he's significant for what God wants to pour out in Southern California. Uh, this new Jesus people movement that's coming, he, he's going to play a significant role. And please make sure you cover him in prayers and champion him because he is a man of faith and will take crazy risks um, and, and just the whole leadership team. I've had a, just a tiny bit to get to know them, but they're just people hungry for God, and that's how movements and revivals are birthed, because this isn't church. This is like, we just want God. And so uh, he asked me to share testimony. I've been traveling around the world since uh, January 2nd. I jumped on a plane, was in Australia, went to Europe, went to five or six nations, and um, I want to honor the time. So I just felt like, which is the one testimony to deposit into this group? Because testimonies prophesy. And the testimony I felt I wanted to release over this community was something that happened at the end of my whole tour. I'd been traveling over nations, and then I came back to America, and then I went to the East Coast. And um, this was probably three or four months into traveling. And I went to Virginia, and I was invited to come back to this church in Fredericksburg. And the Friday night, we did a revival service. It was awesome. Saturday, I did a writing in the Glory Workshop, which is where I catalyzed people to write their first book from a place of encounter. And then Sunday I preached, and then Sunday night I'm a little tired, but I committed to do a youth group meeting. And you know, you can't say no to the youth, because look at how they, they come out. But I was tired. Um, God had moved. I, you know, whenever we create space for God, he moved. But I saw something that Sunday night where it was a move of God, which is different than him moving. And I felt like we were swept up into something so beautiful. And what happened was, I was tired. I literally did not know what I was going to speak for the youth group. I showed up, met with the pastor. I'm like, what's God doing? How can I partner with what he's doing? And 
he's like, say whatever you want. I'm like, great. I don't know what I'm going to say. I have no idea. And um, thank God for worship, right? We just got in the presence and um, in worship, God began to show me exactly what he wanted to do that night. And and before the evening began, the pastor's like, yeah, there'll be some kids, they're kind of spread out, kind of in a room like this. They might be on their phones, but we'll try to pull them in. And I'm thinking, we want God to show up, you know? We don't want people on their phones in the back and missing out. And so we're worshiping, and then it's time for them to turn over the meeting to me. And I did something I'd never done before. I felt the, the, the Holy Spirit said, invite everyone to come to the front in the beginning of the meeting. So I invited everyone to come to the front, and they're all kind of gathered, like if this was it, all in the front, and I just welcomed the Holy Spirit. And then I said, okay, I want to encourage you guys to sit down where you're at in front, and then I sat down on the step. And I'm like, it's going to be like we're at a campfire, but we're going to camp around the fire of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, and I'm going to tell you Holy Ghost stories. And so then I began by saying this teenager named Flory Evans said, I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And when she said that, that catalyzed what would later become the Welsh revival. Within four months, 100,000 people got saved. And then I shared about this revival in India where there's an orphanage. People were hungry for God. A girl got a bucket of water, got ready to throw it on a girl she thought was on fire and realized it was the fire of God. And then the Azusa Street Revival, where a handful of people gathered in a house in 1906 in Los Angeles, California, on Bonnie Bray Street. Their one agenda, they wanted more of God. They wanted a baptism of the Holy Spirit. They just wanted God. They didn't want to start a movement, start a church. They just wanted God to show up in their generation. And that's what I feel in this room. And so I'm sharing that. And the kids are just like all with me. They're all in this journey. God is moving. You could feel the presence of God. They're engaged and then I, I shared about Pentecost Acts 2, and then I had them all stand up, and we welcomed a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and a fresh baptism of fire. And I didn't know what to do next. And so I felt like I was going to open up the mic. If any of the kids and the youth had a corporate word of encouragement, I was going to let them share. So I opened up the microphone, created space to see what God wanted to do. And a couple people shared a nice encouraging word. And then this one girl, actually, I, I felt like a, a young man was supposed to share. And I said, I feel like there's a guy in the room that's supposed to share. No guys show up. And I'm standing there with the microphone. And then this girl comes and says, I know I'm not a guy, but I feel like I want to share. I'm like, go for it. And she says, I feel like I'm supposed to give God my week. Yes. I don't have much more, but I have a week. Yes. And I feel like I'm supposed to give God my week. Yes. And she's crying. I knew that was the Holy Spirit. And so this is, I said, this is what we're going to do, guys. Don't take this lightly. Don't come up here unless you mean it because there's no going back. Once you cross this line, there's no going back. I'm going to open up the microphone, and all you have to do is say, I give you my yes. I give you my yes. And this is Christians, guys. This is not people I'm calling for salvation. This is people who already know Jesus, who are, are willing to say, I give it all to you afresh. Whatever it looks like, wherever you want to move me or take me, I am all yours. You can rearrange my life. I am all in. And so I open up the microphone. And they're standing in front of me. And some of these kids had been in my three or four of my meetings that weekend. And they're looking at me. And the presence of God is there. And they're not running up to the microphone because they know once they come to the microphone and they say that, their life will be changed. And so I'm up there with the microphone like this. And I would just be waiting 
And then some of the kids would come up, I give you my yes. They would cry. We would cover them in prayer. And then, and then even the ones that were not even coming up, they were crying. There was this move of God was moving. And then one by one, these kids are like, I give you my yes. And even the ones that would have been in the back and maybe just doing their own thing, they were getting marked by God. I give you my yes. I give you my yes. And I'm just watching this, and God's moving. And then it's around 8 o'clock, and youth group's supposed to be over. Some parents come in. They see what's happening. They get wrecked in the back. And then it's, it's around 9, 9 o'clock, 9.30. You know, God's moving. Some of the people have filtered out. But there's this holy moment of consecration. And then at 9.30, one of the girls, the teenage girl, says, can I go up and play the keyboard? So we said, yeah. And she starts worshiping praising Jesus, prophesying over the lost sons and daughters of the Middle East because they were about to take a team that week to the Middle East. And then one girl on the side starts dancing. And I found out from their mothers that girl hadn't danced in a year and that girl had never gone up and done anything like that in her life. And so we're worshiping. And now there's just a handful of us, but we're worshiping. I'm there until 11 o'clock and I'm tired because I've been doing so many meetings back to back to back. And I left. I found out they were there worshiping until 1 in the morning. And I wonder what that one yes in that moment, that consecrated yes, 20 years from now, I wonder what impact that is going to have. And I, and I shared that the next week in another little worship meeting in Virginia with college-age students. And I ended up preaching at... The message I've been preaching around the world has been Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, throw up everything that hinders and run after Jesus for the joy set before. So it's not just for not throw off the sin, it's throw off even things in the old season, even the good things, because this is a moment to step into what we're born for and throw off everything else. And so I'm preaching that and I share this testimony and one by one, these college students come up and they give their yes and the fire of God comes and they're weeping and the power of God comes and God's just moving And then the next week, I'm in Texas preaching, and I was not going to do a call for this yes. I just felt like I wanted to share a quick testimony and get on to my sermon. And as I'm I'm sharing this testimony, a lady walks up in the middle, interrupts me, and says, I have to give my yes. And then she falls out in the spirit. And then I try to keep going, and then a, a mother sitting right over there comes up with her son, and the son has to give his yes to be all in. And then a man comes from over here, and he interrupts me in my sermon because he has to give his yes. And so I just feel like this is prophetic of what God's doing. I've seen it around the world. He's moving people around like on a chessboard, getting them ready for his next big move. And we have to be in this season at a place where our yes is not just we're going to heaven, but there's something that we're born for. Martin Luther King Jr., if he didn't say no to let go of his church and his other commitments and yes to lead the civil rights movement, this world would be a different place. There's, there's things that we're born for, and I feel like this is a season where we have to let go of open doors and opportunities, and we have to say yes to what we're born for, because God's about to move on the earth, and I feel that billion-soul harvest that's been prophesied has already begun, and God is actually consecrating Christians and making sure we're in perfect alignment with heaven and perfectly positioned so we can carry what he's about to pour out, and you guys are a big part of what God wants to do in Southern California, so I bless you guys and hope that was encouraging for you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. So if you want to stand real quick, I'll just release uh, the fire of God because that's what happened. And 
testimonies prophesy and so i just declare right now over each one of you alignment with heaven right now the fire of god would remove anything that is in your life even the good things even the things that you are called to carry last season god's saying let go because i'm bringing you into new season we welcome the fire of god right now to prune and purify and take away anything that is not the gold and we call the gold to arise so we just declare like a Holy Spirit chiropractic moment right now where things, it's not like you're out of line. It's not like you're in sin. It's not like any of that. But there's just little tiny things that the Lord wants to tweak so that you are running, 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 like it says in Hebrews 12, running after him with everything inside of you, holding nothing back. So we welcome the fire of God. We welcome a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, lives, families in this region. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give you permission. We give you permission to rearrange our lives. We give you permission to change our plans and our agendas. We give you permission to fully possess us, Holy Spirit. We we want our lives to be pleasing to you above everything. We want a fresh revelation of your love, of the joy that was set before you that endured the cross, Lord. So we give you today our fresh yes. We give you, just even as a declaration, a prophetic act, just say yes to him again. We, we give you our yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it costs us, we say yes because you said yes to give everything for us, God. Yeah, there's something that's powerful that's unlocked if you declare. And so we just I just want to open up. Something will happen right now as those two had yelled yes. There's something happening in this spirit. So I want to encourage you guys to be bold. There's something that's going to shift in your life when you scream yes, when you yell yes right now.
Yes, God, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back, God. I pray that you'd cover these yeses with your blood and with your fire, that you'd give us grace and endurance to follow through with the covenant and the commitments that we make to you for your glory. We thank you, God, that you're doing a new thing. And we say yes. We say yes to the new thing because you're worth it. Whatever he shows you, will you do it? Some of you right now are getting born again, like you're saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to his plan for you, that he died for you, that he rose from the dead for you. You're saying yes to follow him. Just turn it all over to him. Turn everything in your life over to him right now. Whoever wants to find his life has to lose it. Turn it all over to him. Turn your business over to him. Turn your work over to him. Turn your ministry over to him. <laughs> turn your church over to him. Turn your family over to him. Turn your kids over to him. Turn everything over. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you guys have a seat? You guys keep soaking in that. Thank you, Sister Jen. That was beautiful. Praise God for that testimony. Man. I'm finding myself saying yes a lot lately in the middle of the night to a little girl named Lily. She, uh, she doesn't ask my permission to get up in the middle of the night and need my attention. My wife is doing even better. She's not here today. Uh, Josie's home with Lily, taking care of her, watching over her. Lily kind of needs Josie more than me right now, you know, for obvious reasons. So Josie has to say yes. Sometimes God births things into your life that you don't have a choice to say yes to or not. It's like you do, but you're resisting the grace of God, right? That's what God did with Paul, appeared to him on the road, right? Why are you, why are you resisting me? Some of you guys are frustrated because you're resisting God. You think the devil's fighting you, and it's because you're resisting God. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's really true. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm also going to be in Hebrews 11. I'm also going to be in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to be talking to you guys about faith today. I'm going to be talking to you guys about faith because faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love, but you're not going to experience love if you don't have faith. Faith works through love, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. I want to impart to you guys. I really believe God's going to impart the spirit of faith and the gift of faith to our community today. He's going to do it powerfully. Um, faith is not just for church, faith is for life. We live by faith, we move by faith, we act by faith, we walk by faith. Faith's kind of a big deal to God. Do you know that faith is actually mentioned, the word uh, pistis, that translates to faith, the Greek word. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but the Greek word, it's, it's actually 239 times it's used in the New Testament. And the word agape, which is translated love in the New Testament, is only used 89 times. Jesus talked about faith more than he talked about love. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? He didn't say, would I find love on the earth? So faith is actually kind of important. Faith works through love. You can't actually experience 
the gift of faith without experiencing the love of God. But I really feel like God wants to take us on a journey of faith. Um, faith is offensive sometimes. Why? Because faith is offensive because faith looks like conceitedness to those who are fearful. Okay, I, I'm going to get more into the message. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. What do you think the other disciples thought about Peter when he was walking on the water to Jesus? They might have thought, yeah, you're crazy. They might have thought, man, how come he gets to walk on water? When in actuality, every single one of them could. All right, okay, just go Hebrews 12. We'll, we'll bounce into this a little bit. It's okay. It's all right. I'm just kind of throwing some ideas out there. Love my little girl. I'm thinking about her right now. Love my wife. Keeps me up at night. It's beautiful. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. So not just sin, but weights, things that are holding you down. The wrong armor, the wrong perspective, the wrong sense of what you're called to do, the wrong job, whatever it might be. Some of you don't like your job. Why don't you go get a different one? <laughs> but I can't. Well, who told you that? Okay, back to the word. All right, sorry. Just, this is just picking up on a few things. Let's lie in every way in the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus Christ is the author and perfecter of faith. He is looking for faith in the earth. Why? Because he respects and expects a return on his investment. Jesus Christ is the seed that went into the earth that is bearing forth a great harvest. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, when he laid down his life, he was a seed that went into the soil of our hearts. And he is expecting a return on that harvest. He is longing for a return on that harvest. He is longing for you to see how valuable you are, how set apart you are, how called you are, how chosen you are, and that you would begin to perform exploits. Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says, those who know their God will stand firm and perform exploits. But see, faith looks like presumption, except faith will involve action, and faith will involve fruit. That's why faith without works is dead. You say you believe, let me see by your works. I love Jen's up here sharing these stories. How many times have you gotten on a plane, Jen, when you didn't have enough money to go to the place you were going? More than you count on one hand, you know, like yeah, a few times, right? How many of you in this room, you started something, an entrepreneurial endeavor on a word from God? Raise your hand. You started something on a word from God, and you didn't have the ability to finish it on your own, but you knew that the word of God would perform what it was sent to do. God told the prophet Habakkuk, he said, the vision, though it tarries, will come to pass because the vision itself speaks. How many of you guys know that faith speaks? 
The word of faith is within you. It is near to you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Faith actually speaks. Faith declares a thing that is not before it actually manifests in the natural. Much of what we look at in the church and we call faith, I believe, is actually hope. Hope, Pastor Bill Johnson says this, hope is the joyful expectation of good. Now, I believe all of us in this room are being continually baptized with hope. If you're in this church, you come to this church regularly, we break up into groups, we prophesy over each other, we give each other encouragement. Getting in encouragement is getting in hope. But hope is the soil in which faith begins to grow. How do you know if there's faith? Faith involves action. See, a lot of us, we don't even realize, like, we talk about hope, and we actually are talking about hopelessness. We say things like, well, I hope God comes through. That's not hope. That's hopelessness. See, faith is a joyful expectation. I'm sorry, hope is a joyful expectation. Hope is, I know God's going to do something. I don't know what it is, but I know he's going to do something good. Faith is, I know what God's going to do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Pastor Jesse talked about that already. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. No, actually, go back with me to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to talk about Peter for a little bit. If you get done before I get done, you can, you can take your family out to lunch. That's okay. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to preach till 8 p.m. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. You know, Paul preached one time so long that somebody fell asleep. They fell out the window. And so he went down and they had died. And he went down and laid on them and resurrected them from the dead. So if you fall asleep and fall out of your chair, we'll just, it's okay. Acts chapter 3, starting verse 1, we're talking about Peter, the same guy that walked on water. You know, one of my friends, he was a youth pastor here in Orange County, and he talked about walking on water. So his, his youth group started practicing walking on water. They would practice at the pool. They'd fall into the pool continually. They'd hear the dryer going because they're trying to dry off their clothes. But one day they were down at Salt Creek, you know, Salt Creek and Dana Point, and they were doing baptisms, and a couple of the kids said, hey, let's try to walk on the water. Guess what? One of them did. Water this deep, he was on the surface of the water. You might not believe that. Too bad it happened. If you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ raised from the dead and that he was the atonement for all of your sins. Miracles aren't hard to believe if you're a believer. All right, let's read this. Now, Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, that's 3 p.m., and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Say, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. That's hope. He expected to receive something, but he didn't know what it was. That's hope. That's something good's about to happen. That's hope. Hope is the soil in which faith grows. God wants to take us from hope to faith. Because faith will bring about manifestation. And this is not just in church life. This is in all of life. This is in every area of your life. This doesn't just apply to, you know, praying for people at church or praying for people at Starbucks. This applies to your business. This applies to your school. This applies to every area of life. For without faith, nothing will be accomplished. He expected something from them. Peter said these words. What do you say? Silver and gold I do not have. This is before they had the prosperity preaching. 
Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, not later, not the next day, immediately his feet were strengthened. His ankle bones received strength. And he began to leap up and stood and walked. Walking, leaping, and praising God. What did, what did Peter say to the man there at the gate beautiful? What did he say to him? What was the first thing Peter said? No, you, some of you guys said silver and gold have I none. That's not what he said. He said, look at us. Are you willing to walk into the culture around you and tell the world around you, look at me, God's with me? Oral Roberts said these words. He said, the key to my healing and miracle ministry are these things. If God doesn't show up, I'm finished. Does your life look like that? Peter, we find back in the Gospels, was in the boat. The waves are tossing. There's a mighty wind. There's all these different things. Not the mighty rushing wind of Acts 2, but a wind of adversity blowing. There's a storm going on. The disciples are scared. He's in the boat with the disciples. And they see someone walking on the water, and they presumed it to be a ghost. Peter cries out to this being that he doesn't know who it is. And he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come onto the water with you, and I'll come. What does Jesus say to him? What does Peter do? Gets out of the boat and walks on water. There is an invitation in the person of Christ in that moment for every single one in that boat to come out and walk on the water. But one man who didn't even know for sure if that was Jesus walking out there said, if it's you, Lord. He goes out in the water. We see him walking. Then all of a sudden he starts to sink when he gets closer because why? He took his eyes off of and he put his eyes on him. Fixing your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith. If you behold Jesus, you'll always have enough faith. Intimacy, fellowship, walking with him. Hebrews chapter 11, go there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders of old gained approval. You know all the stories you read about in the Bible? They're all exploits of faith. Faith will be remembered in eternity because faith is the response to a good and gracious God. Faith is the response of the human heart to the love of the Father expressed in Christ Jesus. There's different types of soil talked about in the Gospels. There's good soil. You actually get to determine what kind of soil your heart is. You get to determine the effectiveness of your faith. How do I, how do I know that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith actually grows by your exposure to God's words over your life. You get to decide how much faith is expressed in your life. Some of you are like, well, I don't feel like I have a lot of faith. No, you've actually been given the measure of faith. It says in Galatians 2.20 that 
you are crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives within you. How much faith does Jesus have? And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. How much faith does Jesus have? That's why when Peter sank, Jesus actually gave him a chide. He gave him like a rebuke. He says, why did you doubt? Because Jesus knew that he'd already given Peter enough power to believe. When Peter walked on the water, he was walking on the word of God. Is this okay? Guys are very quiet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance. Hypostasis is the setting or placing under. Substance. See, because when Jesus said, come walk on the water, that water became harder than this floor. See, when Jesus said, be fruitful and multiply, and the doctor says to you, you don't have a womb that can bear children, you get to decide whether that water is soft or whether that water is as hard as the word of God. When the doctor says to you, oh, I see evidence of this and I see evidence of that, and they give you a prognosis, which is the Greek word for foretelling that's actually used for sorcery in the New Testament. When they say these words over your life, what are you going to choose to believe? Now, if you want, you don't even have to go near those words. I'm getting happier. Faith grows in the presence of God. Faith is a person. That word there, hypostasis, literally means real person is one of the definitions of it for substance, a real person. Now, faith is the real person of things hoped for. How solid is our king? How firm is he? How firm of a foundation is his life? We sing about it, but do we, do we live it? Going from hope to faith. Jesus commanded his followers to have faith in God in Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, or well, whoever the writer of Hebrews was, but they said it by the Spirit, without faith it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say without hope and it doesn't say without love. This is why faith is offensive. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We're justified by faith. We have access by faith. We stand by faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin. Missing the mark. It's not like God's mad at you that you don't have, you're not expressing faith. That's not the point. It's all of sin fallen short of the glory of God, right? It means to miss the design and intention. God designed you with great faith. He designed you with enough faith to transform every situation in your life already within you. That's why Peter and John could walk in a temple and say, look at us. They didn't say, look at God. That's offensive. Jesus only marveled twice in the New Testament, in the Gospels. 
One was at a city that was filled with unbelief, the city that he grew up in. Why? Because unbelief is not based on evidence. It's based on a decision of the heart. It's a decision to be offended at the goodness of God. It's a decision. It's an unbelief. It's to move from what's natural belief to unbelief. The other time he marveled was in Matthew chapter 8, I believe it's verse 10. I just looked it up yesterday. That's how I memorized it quick. And he, the centurion comes to him and says, would you come and heal my servant? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll come right away. He says, no, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. My servant will be here. And Jesus says, in marveling, he says, I, don't, I haven't seen such great faith even in Israel. You know, you'll find faith where you find submission to the will of God. You'll find faith when you find mutual submission to God's people. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I was with my friend one time, Joel Hill. Do you guys know Joel? He's preached here before. He's a uh, missionary. He travels all over the world. He does things that I just dream about. I want you to take some of this story that I'm about to share, and I want you to transpose it into your own life. Like, my world is missions and evangelism. That's what God called me to. What's your world? Maybe your world, your world is your workplace. You don't, you don't go to work to make money. Did you know that? You know, God could have ravens deliver you in and out every, every day. Like, you don't go to work to make money. You really don't. How many guys, like, you've seen God just show up supernaturally and take care of you in the worst situation? You don't go to work to make money. You go to work to bring the kingdom of God. You go to work to bring transformation, to bring the love of Jesus everywhere you go by serving people. Money's just paper. Some of you are like, silver and gold have I? No, I'm familiar with that verse. God wants to prosper you, but he, you go to work so that you can bring the kingdom. So I want you to transpose this story. Um, I was with Joel. We were just soaking. We were in Reading. I was in, I think it was after Bible school. We were just soaking on the floor of our house. What do I mean by soaking? I mean, we had worship on, and we were weeping on the floor, enjoying God's presence and laughing, being filled with the joy of the Lord, because in his presence is fullness of joy, his right-hand pleasures forevermore. We're doing that for a couple hours, just laying on the floor, having pictures, having visions, seeing ourselves in different nations. And I remember this phrase came out of my mouth. I said, if God sent us to the gates of hell, we would turn people away by the thousands. So a few days later, there was an earthquake in Haiti. You guys remember that big earthquake? And the news called it hell on earth. I knew in that moment I was supposed to go. I knew. Why? Because of what happened a few days ago, what coming out of my mouth. If that's hell on earth, that's where I'm supposed to be. You're supposed to stand between the living and the dead. So we're there, we, um, Bethel ended up planning a trip to Haiti. They decided to send a group of people. They had to charter with the UN a plane to get people there. And of course, they don't, aren't taking, you know, like me with no medical experience really, a lifeguard certification those expire. They're not taking people like me, they're taking prayer, cert- they're taking like, like medical professionals, like doctors and things like that. But God told me that I was gonna go. So what did I do? I went to the medical clinic where they were getting the shots that were required to get into the country. And I showed up in the medical clinic at the same time that they were taking the team. Why? Because God told me that I was gonna go to Haiti. So the leader of the team's like, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm just here to get the shots because I, I feel like I'm supposed to go to Haiti. And they're like, well, there's no room on the team. Da, da, da. I, said, I said, well, God will do something for me then. I'm just, I'm just here. <laughs> Faith is only presumptuous if it's self-seeking. 
But see, faith works through love, and that's why when we center ourselves in the love of God, faith becomes easy. So the week went on, and they ended up uh, moving some stuff around, and they actually brought me and Joel Hill on the trip miraculously. We, like, we had no reason to be there. We had no medical experience. So it was awesome. So they would do these medical clinics there in Haiti. It was one of the most uh, atrocious scenes I've ever seen in my life, like buildings falling on people, like all over, like there were just bodies. It was very, very, it was, it was a very, very crazy area. But I didn't even notice that stuff because I was so focused on Jesus. So we're going around and they're doing medical clinics and they would bring people in and they'd test them for whatever was wrong with them. And then after the people would get tested, we would pray for them and then the doctors would come back and look at them again. And they'd be like, what just happened? <laughs> One of the doctors that was with a group, these doctors, they came from a group uh, here in Los Angeles and they were kind of offended at the miracles. Um, they didn't like all these things. They didn't like us. They're like, you guys should be like doing medical attention. Why are you guys even here? That was until one of the doctors tested a little boy who was weeping, who had broken his um, humerus. Is that the, is it? No, humerus is up here. He broke this one. What's this one? Tibia, fibula? Tibia. Broke his tibia. She, she feels down his bone and can feel the break in the bone. The boy's crying. She goes away for a second. Our prayer, one of my friends just prayed for the little boy. He stops crying. Woman comes back, runs her fingers down the bone. Tear starts to form in her eye right here. It just starts to drip down her face. She said, I just felt this five minutes ago. Many, many miracles, people getting saved, all kinds of things were going on. Um, hope versus faith. I'm out on the streets at one moment, and I just felt this kind of urge. I'm just like, I'm just going to start screaming, bring us the blind, bring us the deaf. Why? Because Jesus heals the blind and the deaf. So we just start yelling on the street, bring us the blind, bring us the deaf. Jesus is the healer. He's here. He's the resurrection life. So we have a translator. He's yelling too. They bring this, um, this man up. He's blind. Somebody had poured acid on his eyes 12 years before. He is white. His eyes are completely white, and he's in constant pain, nonstop pain. We pray for him. All the pain completely disappears. He doesn't get his sight. Instantly, he didn't, he didn't see instantly. My heart kind of sunk. One of my friends came up to me and rebuked me. He says, it's not about you. I <laughs> see, hope is the joyful expectation of good. Hope was I stand up and I say, bring me the blind. That's hope. A lot of what we do in church, I think, is based in hope and not in faith. But see, when we create an atmosphere of hope, faith begins to arise. See, you know when faith is active when the manifestation happens. In your business, you come down, you move to Orange County on a word from God. You move down here, you, you step out, you take some risks, some different things happen in hope. But then when what you say actually manifests, that's when faith is in manifestation. That's when faith is in manifestation. Somebody said uh, once, great father in the faith from this region, he said faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I believe that is somewhat true because it requires risk to have faith. But actually, I believe faith is spelled K-N-O-W. It's also spelled N-O-W. The next day, we were in Haiti, and we did the same thing. And two people that were blind received their sight. We came across a body on the street. There was a woman. She had died, a body, on the ground. She died a few hours before they threw a sheet over her. 
She had been injured in the earthquake and it took her a few days. I guess she had internal bleeding or something had gone on with her. We come across this body and there's a bunch of people around. Now this is a pretty dangerous, crazy situation to start preaching the gospel and start declaring, let's pray for this woman to be raised from the dead. Because there's a lot of rocks around. Some of them are big and some of them are small. So if the message doesn't work, we're gonna find out really quickly how effective the crowd is with the message and how much they're affected by what we say. So we begin to pray for this woman. You could feel the power of God in the moment. We're laying hands on her. As we're laying hands on her, we just feel this unction to start preaching. Just preaching. Miracles start breaking out in the crowd. Healings, tumors are disappearing. All kinds of amazing things are happening. For you know what, there's a blind woman that they brought up right to, the, right, to, right to the front. Put our hands on her head and just have her hands on her head. And right when we're about to make a point to keep preaching like this, woman just starts to scream, I can see, I can see, I can see. Changed the, the feeling of the crowd quite a bit. We found out later the woman that was on the ground that had died, we found out later she was a Christian, so I guess she didn't want to come back. But praise God, her funeral saw a lot of people born again. Jesus commanded us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse lepers. The proof that you believe it is you're actually seeing it. The title deed. Faith is the title deed. substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of things not seen. Conviction is not I hope it works. Conviction is let every man be a liar and God be true. People are going to look at you and think you're crazy. People are going to look at you and say things like, well, you're a woman, you can't do that. People are going to look at you and say, you're too young, you can't do that. People are going to look at you and they're going to say things. You don't have enough experience to do that. Pastor Jesse, have you ever pastored a church before this church? Did you go to a special pastor's school to pastor people? No, you went to a ministry school, but you didn't learn how to pastor. Like, no one taught you how to pastor. What did you have? Faith. He had a word from God. But faith without works is dead. We wouldn't be in this room if he hadn't believed. Pastor Nicole knew that there was a building for this community. So she drove to a nightclub. She knocked on the window of a guy's car. Just said, hey, we want to rent this nightclub. Or something like that. I don't know what she says. She says crazy things to people all the time. <laughs> nightclub owner meets with us and says, you're not trying to convince me to be here. I'm trying to convince you to be here. I want a church in this place. I'm going to give you a deal that you can't refuse. When we get to heaven, we will not be able to blame anyone else saying they did not have faith for me. For eight years, this guy's been leading an outreach at the Huntington Beach Pier, showing up by himself, leading himself to the pier. Now other people get to go too. How many other people did that before us? How many people have paved a way? There's a great cloud of witnesses leaning in from eternity looking at your life right now, saying, what are you going to do with the word of God? I'm going to finish with this and then we're going to pray for folks for healing. Um, 
right, like I said, if we, we shift into that time, if you need to go, I understand. If you gotta go grab your kids, whatever that is, that's fine. We're just gonna pray for folks for healing. Um, God's faithful. It says of Abraham in Romans 4 that he was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Faith does not consider lack, does not consider the evidence of the world, does not consider the things that the world is saying. He did not waver at the promise of God. He was fully convinced, and that was accounted to him for righteousness. Faith grows by hearing. Faith grows by reading. Faith grows by seeing. Jesus said, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. You need to see miracles sometimes to believe them. Faith grows by meditating. Faith grows by faith-filled company. Faith grows by praying. Faith grows by following faith to faith. Faith grows by going. Faith grows by knowing. And faith grows by walking with him. Peter actually walked on water twice. Once walking to Jesus and the second time walking with Jesus. I just want to pray with you guys. Why don't you just stand? We're just going to pray. I'm going to take communion while you guys are standing because I didn't get a chance to do that yet. His body was broken for us. His blood was poured out for us to cleanse your mind, to cleanse your heart from every feeling of insufficiency, from every sense of unworthiness, from every sense of you cannot do it, to put in you the I can of God, to put in you the very faith of the Savior, the faith of the one that went to a cross and didn't open his mouth, the faith of the one that went to the cross and knew that God was gonna raise him from the dead. Whatever feels dead in your life right now, God is gonna raise it up in his new life. Whatever feels lacking, God is gonna impart to you faith right now. I release the gift of faith in this place right now. I release the manifestation of faith right now in the name of Jesus all over this place, all over this place right now. Faith, faith working by love. Put your hand on your neighbor. Just begin to pray for them for just a sec. Just pray, I decree faith over you. Decree over them, you can. You will. You know. Just say yes. Just say yes to the author and perfecter. Can we get the prayer team to come up just while you guys are praying for each other? Faith begins where the will of God is known. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. God wants you saved more than you want to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of deliverance. God wants you set free from all pain in your body more than you want to be free. Whether you feel like you have a lot of faith or you feel like you have a little faith, God has enough faith for you today. He's going to touch you profoundly. Why? Because faith is other serving. And God wants to meet you right now wherever you're at with his faith for a miracle. There's women in this room right now and God is restoring the ability in you to have children. He's actually manifesting that. If you're here in this room, you've been told that there's something wrong with your physical womb, put your hand up. We're going to pray for you right now. 
right now. Put your hand up quickly. Be bold right now. Do not wait. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. There's like three or four more people. You put your hand up right now. You have issues, whether it's um, cystic things, yeah, in, in that area of your body. Right now, in Jesus' name, if you see that hand up, put a hand around him right now. Put a hand on him if you see a hand around you. Just say, in Jesus' name, you are made whole right now. I'm reminded of a translator that I had in Paris, France. They did a scan on her uterus. They said, significant scarring in your uterus has completely disappeared when the presence of the Lord touched her. We just release right now healing virtue into your body in Jesus' name. I realize some of you guys can't test that. Yeah, I just, could you lay hands on me? I just saw this, the anointings on them really strong. Jesus is Lord. Jen, if you have some words, or Tiffany, or some of you guys have some words of knowledge, just come on up. Just come over here. I'll give you the mic when you do. Okay, I'm just checking. Have a seat, all of you, for just a sec. If you need to go sneak out. Uh, it's fine. I understand if you have appointments or something like that. Um, anyone here, if you have floaters in your eyes, like blind spots or floaters in your eyes, just raise your hand. I'm going to have you stand in just a second, but when you stand, I don't want you to pray. Why am I asking you not to pray? Because you can't drink a glass of water and talk at the same time. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. He's going to do this right now. I've been in multiple meetings where every single person with any form of stuff like this, like blindness, all of them were healed. Like, like it was crazy. Like we're like, is there anybody else? Like, like I've seen the Lord do this. My mentor, he sees this happen all the time. He's going to make these floaters disappear. If he could heal a blind woman in Haiti who, who was led by the crowd, he, he'll heal you this morning. Blind spots are going to disappear. So just stand right now for me for a second. Before we pray, the presence of the Lord is already here. The key to miracles is recognizing that Jesus is already here, that he's alive. Peter and John, look at us. He's here. They knew that he was with them. I just want you to become aware of the presence of God, that you that are standing. And you that are around them, just become aware too. Um, those of you that are getting prayer for this, I want you to begin to check right now before we pray. All over the room, begin to check. Look for the floaters. Look for them, because many of you, they've already disappeared. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. If, you, if you're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, I want you to start waving your hands over your head. Thank you, Lord. There's one. Just keep checking. We're going to watch more. I just heard the Lord say right eye, so I think it's, it's over here on the side. The Lord's doing a miracle for you, daughter, right now. He's going to hear nearsightedness or something like that. He's doing a healing miracle for you. Yeah, just keep checking right now. Thank you, Lord. Keep checking. If you're like, that's crazy, that white spot has gone out of my eye, I want you to wave your hand over your head. We haven't even prayed yet. I just want to see. Thank you, Father. This is awesome. All right, stretch your hands towards these guys right now. Lay a hand on them. If you're near them, put your hand on them. Just say, thanks, Jesus. We command blindness to go. We command cataracts to disappear. We command all sight issues to be rectified in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. Okay, go ahead and stop praying. Now check again. All of you all over the room, if you're standing for that, begin to look around. Check with your eyes. If you need to open your Bible to check the small print, do it real quick. Take the next 20, 30 seconds and check. Take the next 20, 30 seconds and check. Now, if you're like, that's crazy, something's different with my eyes, and I'm gonna ask you, if it's 80% better or more, people are already cheering, 80% better or more, why do I ask 80? Because you might not know if you're 100% until you go drive somewhere and look on the road somewhere. But if you're like, that's crazy, that's radically different, I want you to wave both hands over your head for 30 seconds right now. Just keep going. One, two, three, four. Thank you, Father. Five, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give Jesus a shout, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
All right, if you've already been healed, sit. But if you still need more, stay standing. Pray for him one more time, one more time. Just lay hands on him again. Just say, in Jesus' name, you are whole. I just, yeah, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Yeah, the healing virtue of God's right here, so strong. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for he is so good. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, go ahead and stop praying and have them check. I want one of you that are like freaking out at how good your sight is to come up here quickly so God gets glory. Just come up real quickly. I want to hear your testimony. Quickly come. Yeah, people are laughing. They're like, I know stuff's going on. Who, who here, you're like, that's crazy. That's really different. What's different up here? What's different? You don't see the little things you normally see. The little black marks. How long have you been seeing them for? Take a guess conservatively. You're 23. How many years have you seen floaters? 10 years of floaters. She can't find them anymore. This is incredible. My name's Chris Kildosher. Did I pay you $20 to say that at the beginning of service? I'm just checking because there are people in this room and you're so filled with unbelief that you hear a testimony and you think it's made up. <laughs> Repent and be converted. We're going to call out a couple more things and then after that we'll let the prayer team pray for you guys. Uh, anyone chronic fatigue, just put, stand up really quickly. Chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. Numbness in the feet and the hands. Stand up quickly right now. Stand up quickly, and also some type of rash. It's going to disappear right now. Quickly, stand up. Any of those things, numbness in the feet, a rash, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. Quickly, stand up. Quickly. There's someone in the back section in there, and you have a problem with your foot. Quickly, stand up. Yeah, okay, there you go. Thank you, Father. That's right there. Another person as well. There's a couple people in there. Yeah, I feel it in the left foot. The Lord Jesus, he's already healed it. Check your foot right now. There's someone in here. You've got a problem with your elbow right here, right here with your elbow. Just check right now. There's one person over there. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to check it right now. Someone with hearing issues back in this section, the Lord Jesus has already healed you. I just want you to begin to check your hearing. All right, if you're around these people, stretch your hands towards them right now. Just say, in Jesus' name, we rebuke infirmity. We rebuke trauma. We rebuke sickness. We command rashes to disappear. We release new skin. We release brand new skin. There's someone's spine being straightened out right now. A spine's being straightened out right now, right in this area. Right now, your spine is straightened out. You have, it's your, your right hip actually sits up compared to your left. Compared to your left. In Jesus' name, we release healing over you right now. Healing over you right now. How many of you guys are standing for healing and you can feel the power of God on you right now? Just wave your hands up in the air. I just want to see. Wave your hand. Yeah, there's all these people. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. How many of you guys begin to check your body right now? Some of you guys, like chronic fatigue, you can't test in the moment. But some of you guys had pain when you came in. The pain's gone. If the pain's gone, I want you to wave your hands over your head right now. If the pain's gone, wave your hands over your head. If the pain's gone, wave your hand. Thank you, Father. I see those hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's another hand waving right there. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Gosh, I don't know where to go because God's so faithful. The Holy Spirit just told me to pray for anybody that wants a miracle. Just stand if you want a miracle in your body. Anyone else, you want a miracle in your body. Ben, I want you to declare over them that they are whole in the name of Jesus. Ben's going to pray. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for these people that have the faith to believe in a miracle, a miracle happening today and now in their life, right now. 
I just declare fullness, wholeness, that you are completely healed. I declare your faith growing, that as you get healed, you'll have the faith to heal others. I declare in Jesus' name that you are healed, that you are whole, that you are full, and that you are a walking testimony of faith, love, and hope in Jesus' blood and the atonement. I just declare over you right now, ha, that you will increase, have increased hearing from God, increased visions, increased sight, increased insight, impartations of wisdom and knowledge, and that you will hear the truth over any lie that you have floating around in your life. And I just declare a miracle in your body, in your ankle, in your knees, in your hips, in your heart, in your mind, in anything that ails you. In Jesus' name, you are healed. Jesus' name. All right, take, take 20, 30 seconds and check your body. Do what you couldn't do before right now. Everywhere in the room, check your body. Somebody, your ankle. We just prayed for somebody the other night for this. I didn't see the manifestation in the moment, but there's someone here with an ankle issue and your ankle doesn't rotate correctly. The Lord's healed you. Just check it right now. All over the room, just take 20, 30 seconds. Do what you couldn't do before. Just do, do right now what you couldn't do before. Bend, move, do what you couldn't do before. Pastor Jesse, see, this is faith right here. Do what you, I know some of you guys can't check in the moment because it's internal, but if you can, just begin to move. Yeah, this daughter right here, the Lord's healed you, daughter. I could see the compassion of God on you right now in Jesus' name. How many guys, you felt power in your body or the pain is gone, the problem's gone? Wave both hands over your head right now. All, all over the room. Look, wave them really big. Wave them really big. Keep waving. One, two, three, four. Keep waving. Five. Keep waving. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Thank you, Father. Give Jesus a shout for what he's done this morning. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you adoration. God, we thank you for the gift of faith and pardon. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys want to come up, the prayer team's here to pray with you. We love you. Come back next Sunday. If it was too long for you, we're going to go longer next week. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.